What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the PFN Scouting Podcast. Ian Cummings here, here with my fellow NFL draft analyst, AJ Schulte. We got a good episode for you today, previewing some of the positions that we haven't covered quite as much so far this offseason, running back and linebacker ahead of the NFL Combine. Obviously, players get in February 25th. I believe linebackers will work out on the field on the 29th of February, and then the running backs will be March 2nd. So a lot to look forward to. So we won't be able to cover every single position before the combine gets here. So we're trying to cover our bases with some position groups that aren't talked about quite as much. And I think for these two in particular, it's because people don't really know how to feel about them, right? You know, some people are thinking it's a little bit weaker class, but my opinion, and I think AJ's will be too, there are some gems in the rough to find. But first off, before we get into the scouting, the meat and the, the, meat and the bones here, AJ, how are you doing this week? I'm doing great, man. I uh, been a great week. Birthday's coming up, so I'm excited for that. We're doing a whole whole day thing. So is it the big big twenty five? Well, how how big twenty five? There you go, man. Yeah. Hey, about time. I, I'm there right now. I'm waiting for twenty six in August. So <laughs> yeah. hey, congratulations. It's a good year. I I know yeah. twenty four is the Kobe year. I don't know if there's a number twenty five to gravitate to. Clyde Edwards Hilaire, maybe. No, I'm kidding. It'll be the CEH <laughs> year. There we go. Hey, he is a Super Bowl champ, but uh, there we exactly. go. There we go. All right, happy. Um, what's the opposite of belated? Happy early. We'll just happy go early. early happy early birthday, my man. It's it's good to hear. Um, and yeah, it's a it's a it's a good time. The birthday, the draft season. This is like the best time of year. So, uh, yeah. Running backs and linebackers. You had an opportunity to scout some of those guys this past week. Um, before we get into like each position, we'll start with running backs in depth and then go to linebackers. We got 45 minute cutoff, so uh, we like to talk a lot. So we'll try and be efficient with it. But just your general feel for both those positions. I know it's been a little bit polarizing so far, not in the sense that there's like guys at the very top of the board. It's kind of like we don't know who's going to come off the board first. We don't know how they're going to be valued. And we don't know how depth down the board is going to incentivize teams, whether just to wait and be patient or maybe, you know, take a shot on guys that they're very confident about how are you feeling about those two positions just kind of broad scale yeah i i think like you were talking about with especially the depth it's because there's so many different kind of flavors of each at, at both running back and linebacker you have a few different styles and so how each team like schematically will want to input different kind of linebackers uh the, the depth in this class i think really stands out like there's no there's no consensus first rounders, but if you talk to scouts, they're like, yeah, I take this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. And like if round round three, yeah, psh, don't worry about it. And so how do you spar now? Cause you know, like running backs and linebackers are sort of being devalued in a, in a sense. Uh, how do you stack so many guys that you're like, yeah, I take him in the third round, but obviously not all of these guys are going to go in the third mm -hmm. round. So I, I think it'll be very interesting to see, how they all stack out and we'll probably find out a little bit more after the combine um but great class like i think both of them even though there's no like real consensus one i think you look at, at the overall talent i think there's a lot of difference makers at both at both spots a lot of guys that you can point to right away and you're like yeah in a year or two we're gonna go oh he should have gone a lot earlier mm -hmm. um it, tremendous athletes as as well there's some nuts athletes at linebacker this year uh, a lot of range a lot of playmaking potential yep and that's honestly it's great because i feel like these two positions in particular I, i'm glad that we coupled these two together because i think these two more than most it's like are relatively dependent on what happens in front of them right running backs 
you need to have good offensive line, good blocking, right? Like to to a degree, you can counteract that with good vision, creative instincts, right? Micro micro movements, you know, efficient footwork. Uh, but you know, at the end of the day, it's really good to have that in front of you. And then for linebackers too, having defensive tackles to encumber blocks, keep your keep you clean, allow you to navigate through congestion, right? So to a degree, there is some some degree of a symbiotic relationship there. But at the same time. Good football players are good football players, guys who can elevate within those circumstances. So it's really fun to see how teams value that, not just, you know, from a prospect evaluation standpoint, but structurally, too. And I think this class will be able to kind of put that under the microscope for sure. But um, let's get into running backs first. I know that's kind of been especially with the fantasy element too, you know, a lot of people are paying attention to that, not just for draft purposes, but like, Hey, who's going to win my championship next year. But, you know, NFL teams are looking at that too, right? You know, you've had guys in previous years, Kyron Williams, for example, went day three and in the right situation ended up being a very, very good football player. But some, yeah, let's talk about the top guys first and work our way down. I know you've scouted some guys that you really like in the day three range uh, over the past few days, but uh, who, who's at the top of your board at the running back position? I know me personally, it was Travion Henderson for me. I know the injury concerns were kind of, you know, an issue for him, but then he ended up returning to school. So it's a little bit of a void there. I have Trey Benson from Florida State. Personally, I got Bucky Irving up there too. Jonathan Brooks, if he can stay healthy, I really like his talent as well. And um, there's a few others too. Audric Estime, I think it's overlooked as a volume back sometimes. I really like Isaiah Davis from South Dakota State too. A big fan of his, but who's at the top of your RB board? Yeah, so I, I have Brooks. Um just just narrowly a couple spots ahead actually i have uh, braylon allen Ooh, right wisconsin i like um, that i i love i i think we're underrating allen's athleticism just a little bit just because I, he dealt with a lot of injuries mm-hmm. this year but i think when you look at his age and like how young he is and the kind of advanced processing that i saw out of his tape a lot very good processing setting up blocks good patience good feel overall and then you add in his power uh, i think he can be like a starting running back in a committee pretty much right away now you, you do ha- like i don't know necessarily if he'll project to being like an every down right like i want to see how he does at the combine like, with like pass catching drills and things like that but i think when you look at just a guy that's like a lead back in a committee i think braylon allen can do that jonathan brooks is a, di- as dynamic a playmaker as you'll mm-hmm. find he's not quite like the elite crazy athlete of like saquon and guys like that but when you look at the play style that he plays with it's it's almost reminiscent a little bit of dalvin cook he's not quite as explosive but the way that he can set up moves and is like a really good efficient slasher yeah that was as exactly the word i was gonna i was gonna follow up like yeah he's a slasher right but like he's so yeah good at manipulating angles while still pressing forward right that flexibility yeah. that he has it's phenomenal and you just uses it perfectly so that's i just want to say that was the word i was that was in my head so we got that synergy there i love yeah. it yeah he's he's just the way that he is can change directions and he doesn't lose yeah. momentum when he does so i, I think he's outstanding um, I love the Trey Benson shout out as well. Audric Estime is is a fun bowling mm-hmm. ball. I mean, you just you just want him to go forward and just it's like good luck, yep. right? Arm tacklers, you might as well just call in sick today because he's not he's not going down. Um, but another guy that I really like up at the top, you, you touched on Bucky Irving, but another guy in the Pac-12, uh, Marshawn Lloyd yeah. out of USC, I thought was at some points of this season, I was like he might be the best player on this USC offense right now. Like he was just. Every time, like they didn't run the ball as often as I thought they should, because Marshawn Lloyd would get nine yards mm-hmm. carry, 
in some of these games because everybody was focused on Caleb. They were like, okay, we're going to take away the passing game. And Marshawn Lloyd would be like, all right, with light box, 12 yards. Just it's such an explosive mover. Yeah. I, every time I watched him, I was like, this guy is I, – I think he's probably not going to be a lead back, but would you want a nice change of pace, explosive guy? Marshawn Lloyd is there. And Bucky Irving is like – he's small, but man, mm-hmm. <laughs> what a playmaker. I, I mean, you just you just want him out in space, get him get him on the, on the move, whether you want him to catch the pass or – kind of do some little toss plays get him out on, get him out on the outside of the perimeter but like i, I good luck catching him mm-hmm. like because he's so shifty so dynamic i love his play style is tremendous yeah. I, I, I that's a good shout out because bucky irving probably a little small so teams will dink him but a tremendous playmaker marshawn lloyd is one i was just i was looking up the senior bowl measurements to see because i remember he his measurements were pretty i think it was five nine and then 217 so the dude is dense so you don't yeah. expect him to move the way he does like you said really explosive but like effortless explosive like he gains space and separation from tackling angles very easily and then he's really shifty laterally too i mean the change of direction uh the evasiveness for his size right every time i do a mock draft he falls a little bit right because it's just it's such a dense class in that day two range that sometimes guys get filtered out positional value um but every time i get to him at a certain point it's like wait he's still on the board and then i go down the checklist like there aren't many reasons for him to fall i know he has a slight medical history so that may be a factor at the nfl combine but he's just a really complete runner for his you know build and then at the senior bowl too i think he showed really well in receiving drills as well making some catches beyond his frame running good routes uh, so really complete yeah. back. And I think you're going to see that a lot in this class as a common theme. Guys who maybe aren't that elite level prospect, like we were spoiled last year with B. John Robinson and Jameer Gibbs. Like that, we'll, we'll just call it like it is. Like we were spoiled. You're not going to see that very yeah. often. But that doesn't mean there isn't talent this year, right? You know, we don't want to use that juxtaposition to kind of, you know, flush out guys who do deserve some recognition. So I think a really good, fun group. Yeah. Uh, at the top here and Bucky Irving as well. I just, I love the energy he plays with, not just athletically, but you know, mentally, right? Like this is a dude who plays beyond his frame. I love the contact balance for his size. His legs are always churning and it's just that really, really urgent stride frequency that keeps him on his feet and allows him to keep stacking cuts, you know, and keep, you know, engaging in contact and he's a good receiving threat too. So a lot of fun players, a lot of fun players. Any other guys that we haven't mentioned that you want to get out there in this kind of middle rounds here before we move on to the next one? Yeah, I think you you talked about guys who aren't like an elite, but like a master of none, but like a jack of all yeah. trades. Tennessee's Jalen yes. Wright, I think, it fits that mold perfectly. Like he's not a super dynamic athlete. He's not the best route runner in this class, but like find me something that he can't do at at least a good level. I, I think you'd be out of luck because he he handles everything well. I think he's got good vision as as a runner i love the way that he just attacks he's constantly falling forward um just just maybe not the most dynamic guy ever but you're gonna look back in three years and go huh he probably shouldn't have fallen that far because he just ripped off 800 yards for me this season all right cool nice steal good good on us like we as a front office feel great um for getting this guy in like the fourth round um i think dane brugler put him like 90 in his top 100 today that came out but like i he probably doesn't go top 100 could just because i don't know if he's necessarily the dynamic athlete that some of these other guys are but you're gonna look back at him in the fourth round and go why did he fall that far just just such a night natural patient runner 
that teams kind of the the smarter runners tend to fall because they don't run as fast but teams typically go oh well, we regretted that and i think he'd fit that perfectly. yeah and i think he will run a little bit faster i think you know when he has a lane a crease that's when you really see that long speed that's when he can activate it right i think there are times when you know he's so patient sometimes he lulls you to sleep a little bit in the congested areas and it's like well maybe he doesn't have the burst but then oh he's got a lane oh all of a sudden he's upfield and he's breaking away right so i think at one point I can't remember the exact miles per hour figure, but I remember it was 21 or 22 when he had open field. So I think straight line mover in the 40-yard dash, we know people gravitate to that. I wouldn't be surprised if he runs yeah. faster than we expect. And at that point, too, you know, yeah. for his size, 5'11", 210, what? So not a bowling ball. But you can you can see, like, as you said, he always finishes forward. He's kind of kind of got that grading contract, contact balance and strength through arm tackles and things like that. So just a really complete player like you said i think he's a competent pass blocker too so that'll help him on third downs uh so yeah i mean a really good middle round guy i want to give an, uh, a little bit bigger shout out to isaiah davis from south dakota state because i'm a big fan of what he has to offer i think you know kind of yeah. in that similar mold that we were just talking about where not an elite physical talent the the explosiveness is definitely not elite he might run in the four sixes too not a good long speed guy um, but for running backs to me personally that's more of a bonus right like if you have it great if you don't have it I'm a little more concerned about the quickness in the short areas, right? You know, the ability to gain quick misalignments with defenders in the first and second levels. And I think he has enough burst to work with there. But with Isaiah Davis, for me, I mean, six foot, 220, right? So this dude is that bowling ball guy. we got a few bowling balls in this class. Braylon Allen, Audrick Estime, Isaiah Davis is there. You know, he's got that contact balance. Yeah. He's got that forward pressing physicality. But I think out of those guys, like Braylon Allen is very efficient as a processor. I think he's really good at working upfield and not wasting too much motion. I think Isaiah Davis does have a little bit of more wasted motion. But I think when he needs to create, when he needs to use micro movements to realign himself and kind of create optimal leverage and play set up his blocks and play like that. I think he's a very good creator for his 220 pound mold yeah. as well. I think he's a pretty good receiving threat too. Uh, he didn't really get used with volume at South Dakota state, but at the senior bowl, we saw those flashes and anytime he had receiving reps at SDSU, I think he showed really good coordination. He can run routes out of the backfield. So I think there's still some untapped potential there, something we haven't seen. So I'm really excited to see yeah. what he can do. But I mean, the bottom line is, man, we could go down the line. You don't have a bona fide first round prospect in this class, but I think you do have a lot of very competent guys in the in the middle and later rounds who in the right situation could flourish. Yeah. Yeah. I uh I, I think Isaiah Davis, if I think if you put him in a gap scheme yeah. and just let him go, I I, I think he he's a guy that can Maybe not like you said, not gonna chunk create the big chunk plays, mm -hmm. but short yardage, perfect guy. Um, I'd I would hesitate in like an outside like the Shanahan. Yeah, he he doesn't one. have the speed he, to just activate those yeah. wide zone lanes. Yeah, um, and, and I would just kind of like like beating just like beating linebackers to the outside and kind of getting around. I don't know if that's necessarily his strength, but that I, I like you said, I don't think that diminishes his ability as a runner just because he's so good in the short areas. And I, I think if you could just get him behind polars, tell him to go follow his guys and create an open space, 
I think Isaiah Davis is going to be a lot more productive than people. Yeah, think. I, I think about, you know, in the modern NFL, kind of what we brought up earlier, like you need a rotation. It's not just a one back league anymore. You need guys who can provide value in the passing game. You need guys who can pass block on third downs if you want them to like be reliable, right? That's becoming a prerequisite for coaches almost to trust them in that phase. But you also need guys who have the size, the physicality and the vision to work efficiently on those early downs and keep the chains moving when you do have a lead, right? It's all about game scripts and playing with that game script and isaiah davis stands out to me a guy that i would circle right if i have a lead i'm sending him out there and just letting him turn the chains just letting him do that so yeah i love i love those kinds of molds especially in the middle rounds there's always going to be a place for it um let's move on to the later rounds now who are some sleepers that you like i've got a few that i want to bring up but you had the opportunity to scout a few guys i know you know especially in the later rounds like we talked about the middle rounds a lot of volume in that range but i think there are some very enticing sleepers and one that you tweeted about i believe a guy who uh what was i can't remember i'll let you talk about the comp and everything but dijon edwards i know from yeah. georgia was one guy that you really yeah. liked and any others that you want to bring up feel free but uh yeah, what uh, about edwards yeah so edwards I, I i said his comp was giovanni bernard that's what it was like um just just like not the most dynamic guy ever right like average top end speed i you know i didn't think he had great bursts to win on the outside but tremendous arguably it like the best vision in the class um i i think was so so good had such a natural feel as a runner pressed the line you know has the lateral agility to cut and change lanes and he was set up defenders and then he'd cut outside and leave them just stuck in the trash i mean just just gorgeous ability. I think in the open field, he's got great feel and space. Um, add on his ability as a pass catcher and a pass protector, and then the special teams experience. I think you have a guy that does it all. Um, he's not big. He came in about like a little over two hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you, you could maybe tack on a few, but at this stage stage of his career, I don't know if you can necessarily add on too much i think he's a little bit close to maxed out and he's not he's not the best in terms of a contact bounce just out of that sheer size but he does run hard uh he'll run through an arm tackler if you don't square him up but he's not necessarily going to break tackles he's going to make more guys miss than anything but you add on all of that experience i think teams as as weird as it sounds i think some teams will like that he stayed at georgia behind all of those nfl backs and and sat and waited for his turn you because he was there behind zamir white and james cook mm-hmm. and kenny mcintosh like all these years and he didn't get a shot until this season and he handled it upon you could tell he wasn't sitting on his hands just waiting like he was constantly working on his craft and it shows in his film um a, not not a super big athlete that'll be you know like oh this guy is like the one of the top 10 in the in the league but you're gonna look back and go man he had a very, very productive season. He was quietly one of the better runners in the league. And that's why I was like, it's Giovanni Bernard. Mm-hmm. Like Bernard was always like such a nice pass catching duo. Uh, everywhere he went was a tremendous number two that just some always kept churning out good positive runs. And that's Dyson Edwards to me. I just I thought he was awesome. Um another sleeper, Jaden Sheridan out of Monmouth. Yes. It's just so explosive. Mm-hmm. I mean holy smokes he's constantly creating big plays and when you play at smaller universities you want to be a standout from the rest of the guys and i mean every you would you immediately knew when he was on the field because 
he would get the ball and then suddenly he'd be 20 yards the other way. <laughs> just it, it every, all the defenders would go, where's he at? Where'd he go? And he's, he's behind him. He's running for a touchdown. And, and like, he's just has that like instant teleportation mm-hmm. ability. That's so fast. Uh, such an explosive playmaker. Uh, Isaac Guerrendo out yes. of Louisville yes. is another guy that is just, I think he's probably going to be like, that Shanahan running back that the 49ers take in like the fourth round. And you're like, all right, he did it again. Like, here's another one. We have no idea how to project him, but he was good in college. So maybe it'll work out this time. Uh, just, I, I think his nice cutting ability, good patience on the outside, special teams experience. Like there are so many guys that are going to be such valuable parts of the committee. Mm-hmm. I, I think it, it just in terms of different skill sets, like we talked about later on yeah, or earlier, uh, and then Kamani Vidal from Troy. At, out of Troy, yeah, I, like I think him. is my last is like my last day three sleeper. Maybe not, maybe not a sleeper much, just because he was so productive at Troy mm-hmm. and he has a senior bowl. But you want a guy that's just going to come in in the sixth round and be a little bit Isaiah Pacheco like, just such a hard physical yeah. runner. Man, I I love watching him play. Just a ball of energy. Like you talked about the bowling ball archetype. I think he fits that. Um, a little bit more dynamic than I thought he would be, but just like you just tell him to go forward and say, good luck defense. Cause he's going to run through you. He's going to run over you. He's going to run around you. I just, I think he's such a, such a tenacity, like the tenacity that he runs with. It, it stands out every time I watch. It. Yeah. It's going to be so fun to get a feel for the valuation in this class because in other classes, usually you have at least one or two guys that you can reasonably project. Maybe they'll go round one. And so some of these committee guys will go round three, round four. Now it's like round two, round three is kind of the top end of it. So how far do these committee guys fall? Can you get a Dijon Edwards in round five or round six or even round seven, right? Maybe Jalen Sheridan. You know, so I'm really curious to see what kind of value deals teams get. I love that you brought up Isaac Garendo because I think he transferred over from Wisconsin, right? He was in that rotation and then he transferred over to Louisville. And Louisville has another very good back, Jawar Jordan, who's a lot smaller, really explosive, versatile. But Garendo always stole the show for me because the dude is, what, 5'11", 6 foot, 220, and he glides as a runner. He's so explosive, so he's got speed. He's very fluid, right? You know, you mentioned it, wide zone. He's got the tracking speed to get outside those blocks and then just cut up field without losing too much speed. That flexibility... And that speed at that size is very impressive to me. So I, I think all yeah. of the, the foundation is there for a Shanahan scheme runner, like you said, to say, let's just get this guy in the room, get him under the scheme, and just let him unleash his tools with this blocking, right? I, I, I love his potential. Um, a few more guys that I really like, Ray Davis from Kentucky is one who really showed out at the Senior Bowl. He might not even be a late-round guy. I, I feel He feels like a guy... Once you reach round four, round five, someone's going to fall in love with him enough to take him. But he was very productive uh, at Kentucky. I believe he transferred over from Vanderbilt. Uh, but he's very dense, again, energetic mover, really nice cutter, really efficient, you know, energetic, explosive cutter. And I really like the plays that he made beyond his frame at the Senior Bowl, too, as a receiver. I think the versatility is there uh, to be a really good community guy. A few others. Uh, Dylan Lobby from New Hampshire. I'm such a big fan of his, man. I love that. I love that profile. I mean, you you, you can probably tell by now. Receiving versatility will win me over from running backs. If you have that versatility, uh, that's a good thing to have. There's some a lot of games watching New Hampshire where you kind of have to pause a little bit. Like a lot of running backs that you watch on tape, all right, he's in the backfield. I know that. With Dylan Lobby, it's like, wait, where'd he go? Oh, he's in the slot now, right? And he's yeah. running, a, he's running a, yeah. a breaker or, or a dig, right? It's like, 
oh my god this guy is so versatile and he had such uh such high-end receiving volume and production at the collegiate level and we saw it at the senior bowl too you know a lot of the little things for route running like throttle control pacing uh you know kind of manipulating those stem angles right you know very efficient plant and drive technique at stems and then catching ability he's got all of that too but as a runner as well i think there's enough swivel flexibility to manipulate press into blocks and you know get up field i think the vision is pretty good too so i would take him early early to mid day three i think he's got a really complete profile and really meshes with the modern receiving versatility that's kind of you know coveted from these guys and then one more blake watson from memphis back when it was me and dalton i think i said his name about 12 20 30 times or so so i gotta get him in here again but blake watson uh is around yeah. 5 9 190 a little bit smaller but you know we talk about patience from a few of these guys i think he's one of the most patient runners in this class he's so smooth uh so disciplined uh not pressing up field too much you know waiting till his blocks set up but very very calm and composed amidst chaos and then he's a very good receiving threat very fluid receiver very good route runner he's got a wide tree um, and he's got pretty good contact balance for his size too. So I really like his his profile for sure. But the bottom line is yeah. uh, any running backs in this class, um, you know, don't get disillusioned just because there's no round one or maybe even bona fide round two talent. There is a lot of value to be had in the uh, middle and later rounds. Any closing thoughts on running backs before we shift over to linebacker? Yeah, no, I just, I, I love the Blake Watson, him and uh, Michael Wiley yes. out of Arizona and George, I think are, are some of my favorite uh receiving and talent like just like receiving backs i think it's a great shout out yeah i just man there's so much like like i said we could go we yeah we, we could have we, we could spend the whole 45 minutes talking about could, this man class. it's just we got it and that's the thing like we gotta really control ourselves because it's so easy to just get on a tangent and be it's like just yapping, it's just, man. It just, just happens man and then all of a sudden it's yeah. like oh it's uh 10 45 and we haven't said a word about linebackers so but so we're not going to do that today we're going to maintain self-control i think uh let's get into linebackers here because linebacker is kind of a similar position group you talk about not any bona fide first round talent there are guys who you know have some wild cards be it medicals right uh peyton wilson in particular but there's a lot of depth right there's a lot of volume a lot of numbers right and guys who if they have the necessary athletic traits and if they win over teams enough with their processing ability and that that kind of upside right you know hey we'll take them in round three round four something like that so linebacker it's a fun class it's an interesting class but i do think there is talent there aj you've had a chance to scout some of these guys over the past week or two i i've scouted a few as well um what's your impression of this class and who you're who are your top guys on, on the board there are a lot. I, I think this year, more than ever, I've seen such a such a start like schism of like this guy is a f- phenomenal run thumper. I do not want him in coverage, and then this guy, awesome, awesome in coverage. I do not want him in run defense. Like it, it are such a, and I think that's part of why it's such a divisive class because there's there's a lot of guys in both sides, yeah, but there's not a lot um, of both. But, yeah. Yeah, it, it, but it, there's a lot of upside, I I, I think, this year. I, I think people might be surprised because we're seeing a lot of mocks where linebackers aren't going until day like until the third round. I wouldn't be surprised if teams are like, you know what, this guy is such a – we have him, like we think he can be such a clear cut above the rest. I don't want to wait and risk it. So I, I actually think you might see a couple of guys go in the second round. Um, I, like Junior Colson, I think he's I think he's probably going to be the first off the board at this rate. 
um, Cooper out of Texas A&M as well. Uh, but th- there's a there's a lot of, I think, hidden talent in this linebacker class that I feel like kind of just goes under the radar because it's linebacker mm-hmm. and nobody it's like like we're 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 seeing a lot of people value linebacker less and less, even though I think now more than ever, it's starting to become just as important yeah. as it used to be. Yeah, it's one of those positions where I don't know. And this is just a recent example, but the 49ers, right? Dre Greenlaw was making such a big impact early on in that Super Bowl. And then he, uh, you know, unfortunately tore his Achilles running out on the field. And I, to me, I, I saw a visible void, right? You know, a visible shift when he was off the field, right? It was a little bit easier to exploit that. So, you know, you look at guys who can read plays with discipline, right? Aren't, aren't taking eye candy on misdirections, right? You know, staying disciplined, staying composed, processing well, flowing to the ball, you know, and making those plays at the second level before, before plays break big you know that is a valuable part of it right and then matching up with these tight ends and these big slots right if you have the versatility to do that like a fred warner that's very very valuable as well yeah. and these guys have the athleticism to do it it's just like do they have yeah. the refinement that's the that's the question yeah i don't i don't think it's a coincidence that the two super bowl teams this year had arguably the two best linebacker rooms in the nfl mm-hmm. right i mean leo chanel was the fourth linebacker for the chiefs in the super bowl crazy. in terms of like of snaps which is crazy mm-hmm. Like it just it just speaks to the depth, I, I think. And then obviously Fred Warner was was tremendous. Greenlaw was tremendous. But I, I think a lot of teams, like if you don't have that guy in the middle, I think it's starting to get tougher and tougher with teams uh, kind of going a little bit more, shifting back to the run game and and running a lot more power. Yeah. Uh, like it, it's very obvious right now if you don't have a guy in the middle. Like we saw it with the Eagles as as the season fell yeah. apart their linebacker room, they moved Nolan Smith out there because they didn't have anybody else. And so I, I think this class is going to be just with, with how much talented depth there is, this class is going to s- produce a lot of starters because teams there's, there's such a lack of it right yeah. now. Yeah. I would agree with that too. Junior Colson, you mentioned him. I believe you did a report on him. Correct. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. would you take him as the first linebacker? What I've seen from yeah. him very explosive athlete. I, I feel like the instincts, gap instincts, the vision can be a little bit hit and miss sometimes, and that's a little concerning to me. But the athleticism is not in short supply. And he's like 6'3", 247. So he's a big dude, wears it efficiently. Yeah. Um, talk to me about what you saw from him because you actually wrote up a scouting report recently. Yeah, I I was pleasantly surprised with Junior Colson because I, I, was, I was a big fan of Jalen Ford and Cooper out of Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, these two guys just were so – I felt like we're the two best out of everybody else. And then I saw Junior Colson move. It's like, okay, never mind. This kid like, – you, you talked about the size and athleticism combo. But I was extremely impressed with his ability in zone. I thought he was a fluid, tremendously fluid mover when dropping, kept his eyes on the quarterback, quick instincts to close and shut down windows. Uh, the ability to hold up in man coverage at 245 plus pounds is is not lost on me. Mm-hmm. I think like that is quintessential Mike linebacker. And when you talk about the attitude that he plays with, you know, he fought through so many injuries this year. He played most. He played with the cast on his hand towards the end of the year. But I think that mentality is going to endear him a lot mm-hmm. to a lot of teams. Um, I, when I was talking to a scouting buddy of mine, he actually brought up that it, the profile was very reminiscent to Tremaine Edmonds coming out in, in 2018. Uh, it, Colson was just one of the three true junior linebackers to declare this year. 
So like he's obviously young, tremendous athletic profile with still some room to grow, but you've already saw, you've seen such an advanced floor, like the nuance in zone coverage, especially is so rare to see Mm -hmm. out of a true junior linebacker like that. Like, yeah, I, I wanted to see him trigger downhill a little bit more. I think there were times where like a misdirection, he was just a little too slow to key. And, but like, once he like when he sees it and like he's confident in that and he's going, I, I he I would like to see him use that size a little bit better when taking on blocks. But there are there are a fair amount of linebackers in the NFL that aren't necessarily great at taking on blocks, and it's not really hurt them. Um, I, I I just think when you look at his development arc, I mean, by the time his rookie contract is up, he'll be twenty five, and just just how gifted he is already with that athletic profile i i would be i would be hard pressed to not say like yeah this kid's the first off the board just i just think when you look at development arc and like how just how the game is moving you want a guy especially if you're going to play like the too high stuff that is is becoming a lot of the rage to take away some of the the explosive deep shots you're going to try to play a little bit more light box some of the five-man fronts. You want a guy in the middle that has that elite range mm. that Colson possesses. You want a guy that can match up, can take, can carry vertically in the middle of the field. I, I don't know if anybody in this class does it better than Colson. That's very exciting. I need to watch him in depth. I've watched a little bit. I have an impression, but you're really making me excited there because I the athletic tools, they do pop for sure. So it's just about, it sounds like to me, when things are a little more congested, maybe he's not quite as comfortable yet. But when he's in space, like working zones, that's when he really shines. That's when he gets comfortable. So that's yeah. that's fun to hear. I, I like to hear that, especially because and you look at the defense that he's coming from too. Jesse Minter, that defensive coordinator working in that Mike McDonald uh, tree where, you know, disguising coverages and rush looks right. You know, being versatile as a linebacker mm-hmm. is becoming so much more valuable in the modern NFL. So, like you said, having a guy who can not only fulfill those roles, but also mess with the defensive look pre snap and kind of manipulate that offense into giving you a look that you want to see uh, so that you can predict yeah. it a little bit better. You know, it's that chess game, man. And having that queen on the chessboard, it's very fun. So Junior Colson, it sounds yeah. like he could be that guy, which is very fun to hear. Yeah, yeah. Also, just a tremendous backstory mm-hmm. as well. Like when I was doing the research for him, like he he grew up in Haiti. Uh, he was adopted from Haiti after the earthquakes, which I like just just an awesome story. Just the way that he fights, I think will endear himself to a lot of teams. Yeah, and we see that too. You know, teams, it's not just the film part. It's the mental part. It's the character. character. It's the backstory. So uh, it's all part of the puzzle. It's going to be fun to see where it brings him. Another guy, you talk about range, you talk about speed. Uh, Peyton Wilson from NC State um, did his scouting report this past week, and he's got it for sure. It's it's fun because he's 6'4". Uh, usually with taller guys, you don't expect them to move that way, but he's a mosquito on the field. I mean, it's just crazy, you know, not just the speed in the long in the long track range, but in close quarters, too. I mean, one of the most fluid, energetic movers that I've seen, I think the swivel freedom uh, with his hips is incredible. You know, the ability to manipulate tacking angles and break down before making tackles uh, is very impressive to me. At 6'4", I think he only had 30 one-eighth inch arms, so actually below average length at at 6'4", which is pretty interesting. You know, you don't see that very often, but that does show up at times, you know, limiting his ability to deconstruct blocks. Sometimes linemen climbing to the second level can get inside his frame a little bit more. And, you know, at 234 pounds, doesn't have great play strength, too. So, you know, there are a few more questions I have. 
with him in that light. But you want to talk about a guy who is instinctive, always around the ball, able to sift through congestion, you know, has the range to close gaps with ease, uh, pretty good in coverage too. I really like his blind spot awareness. He's very good at getting depth and then shifting his hips and feeling receivers kind of sneaking behind him and kind of clogging those lanes. Uh, so that instinct, that range, that explosiveness, that level of balance between physical talent and operational utility uh, is very much there with Peyton Wilson. It's just the questions that I have. The frame density, the play strength, the length, those things may cause some issues, block deconstruction and physicality application at the next level. And then the injury history, right? Towards ACL twice, yeah. once coming out high, once in a senior year of high school, and then again as a true freshman, I believe. And then 2021, two games in, suffered a season-ending shoulder injury too. So the injury history is pretty concerning, but then you look at his frame, which is pretty slight, pretty lean. Um, I do have some durability questions. So uh, right now, he is my top pure film grade at linebacker and i haven't done a final grade on junior colson there's still a few other guys that i need to work back to but on the film there's a lot to like it's just the medicals the projected durability mm-hmm. those things do could scare me legitimately a little bit yeah i think if you if you put him as like a weak side linebacker um next next to like an already established mike i i actually i think i would really like his film like like his landing spot if he ended up with like seattle yeah. Right next to Jordan Brooks, who's going to probably likely play Mike under Mike McDonald. How many times can we say Mike in, in a sentence? But yeah, but I think if, if you pair him with that guy and just let him go work, um, maybe not ask him to take on as many blocks, keep him free and uh, kind of out in space and let him work that way. I think Peyton Wilson, just until you see how he adjusts to the NFL and and works on his frame and like the medicals I think are the biggest thing for him. Like you, you don't want another Brian Bosworth or a Leighton Vander Esch uh, as unfortunate as those situations are teams are definitely scared of those at linebacker. Yeah. But I agree with you. I think on film, like if it was just like a pure film, we'd be talking about Peyton Wilson in the top 50. I'd like, I'd, I don't think with any doubts, like just, just tremendous range. The athlete, the athleticism is there the ability to in zone and in man coverage. Like he, he does it all. It's just, can he, can he last a full season? Mm-hmm. Can he prove in the NFL that he is durable and he's going to give you multiple years out of the position? Don't know. Like that, that that's above our pay grade. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, we don't have the medical access. And that's tough because like you need that to have a full, you know, full evaluation, the full scope of what's happening. And, you know, but Hey, as NFL, as media analysts, sometimes that's part of the, part of the equation is saying, Hey, I don't have access to this. I don't know. So we'll have to see the NFL combine will be big for him. I'll just say that because at six, four, right. You would expect size and durability to be a strength, but the dude is sub two forty. Like he's pretty lean for his size. And with the injury history, you know, it's not something that I'm just going to shrug off and say, yeah, it should be fine. I don't really know. You know, I think it's something that's going to be a little bit more concerning. Some of these other guys in the early rounds, I really like Cedric, Wright. I don't know where exactly he's going to fall on my final board, but I do like him a lot. I think we talked about, mm-hmm. you know, guys who are either athletic or a run stopper. I think of the top guys, he probably has one of the better balances of both. I really like how physical he is engaging downhill, you know, using his proportional length of fight blocks, uh, really good at splicing through gaps, working laterally. So I love that aspect of his game. In coverage, I think laterally there's still room for him to work, but I think he has shown that he can key in on the QB's eyes, kind of get depth and kind of hawk in front of those short passes. So there is some upside there. I think the balance is there for him. Very good. You mentioned Jalen Ford. 
I'm a fan of what he has to offer as well. Again, really explosive, really long, pretty good in coverage too. You can see the instincts, getting depth again, making plays on the ball. Uh, that's a fun combination for him as well. Jeremiah Trotter Jr. is kind of an enigma right now. You know, 2023 wasn't as free flowing laterally as he was in 2022. I thought I, you know, I actually gave him high marks for his lateral agility and twitch. Coming out of 2022, I thought the foot speed, the ability to recalibrate ahead of blocks was very good. This year, a little bit slower. You wondered if he was hampered by a little bit of an injury, but I do think the frame is really good. The frame density, the play strength, uh, one thing that really stood out to me in 2022 in particular, but you did see a little bit of it in 2023 again, was using the combination of physicality and flexibility to fight through blocks, right? And gain space and, and freedom in the short areas and kind of clog running lanes that way. And then I think there was that pick six that he had, which showed that route recognition, you know, explosiveness. The straight line burst is very good. It's just, are we going to get the same type of mobility, right? Or is it kind of something that's going to yeah. peter out? So a bit polarizing yeah. on that front. Uh, and then one more guy that I'll bring up is UTEP's Tyrese Knight. I, I was watching a little bit of him the past couple of days. I like him a lot, man. I think six mm -hmm. six foot, three eighths, so around six foot, but at 234, 32 and a half inch arms. Um, and he's explosive. He's a very springy lateral athlete, and he's very good at using that and kind of, I think, keying in on blocking looks like polars and things like that, identifying run direction and scheme early on in reps and using that to guide himself to the proper positioning, the proper block. I think there's still things like um, block deconstruction and engagement with his length uh, and, and things like, you know, not flushing himself into the wrong gap and boxing himself off. Still a little bit hot and cold there, but I do really like the flashes of instinct and processing ability that are there with his physical tools and in coverage as well. You know, I think the full field vision, the ability to get depth and kind of manage his zone, but also recognize crossers breaking up over the middle of the field and kind of triggering on that and making plays on the ball. He had seven pass deflections, so pretty productive there. Um, a lot of things to like with his film. And then Trevin Wallace, I almost forgot, but I'll let you talk about him because you did his report yeah. too. And he's a good, he's a good, uh, a good physical talent as well. But the bottom line is kind of like the RB class, right? We're kind of seeing a similar theme here. There's not a ton of bona fide first round talent, but there is a lot of volume in the middle, middle rounds. So that's that's a good thing to have. Yeah. I, I think with um like you like with Jeremiah Trotter Jr. specifically. You touched on on that physicality. I think teams that run a lot of like the sim pressures that are a little bit more of the meta. I think teams will will love yeah. his ability to bring it as a blitzer. Uh, just that that physicality. Like I I think he's a perfect Dallas Cowboy mm -hmm. because they're gonna want to try to beef up the middle. Mike Zimmer is gonna send a ton of pressures. That those double those double mug looks that he is rather famous for. I think Trotter fits that perfectly. Um, like you talked about Tyrese Knight, I, I loved his ability in, in the short area. I think he's a great uh, late round, weak side linebacker as well. Uh, but Trevin Wallace is another guy that like top one hundred. You want to talk about he's young. That he was he's with Colson and Trotter as the only true juniors. Uh, high character reportedly. Just everybody raved about his ability. He was a team captain. Uh, does a lot of like uh, off the field work as as a leader. But the athleticism and the physicality that he plays with and his coverage chops, I think, are just just like they stand out. Uh, if you want to talk about a top 100 pick that is probably going to go a lot earlier than I think people expect it to be, like I think he's probably going to go around 75 um, just in terms of like in like a draft pick range. I think it'd be closer to 75 than anything. I, 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 I fell in love with his report. I, I just think when you look kind of like with Colson, the development arc of what he has already 
and the tools that he has just present such a, a high ceiling for him. I think teams are going to covet. I think he's going to go into the combine and and test phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And I think teams are going to go, oh, wait, hang on a sec. Who's this kid out of Kentucky? Who's this, you know? And I, I think the range that he plays with in, in his demeanor, competitive toughness, all of it stands out to me. Uh, just just tremendous gifts yeah as he's well. yeah six one i think 235 240 and 33 inch arms so again really good frame density proportional length what i what stood out to me when i watched a little bit of him is that he's like an apex predator in the box man i mean that closing speed is elite it is instant and then yeah. he's got the length to wrap guys up right you know that that playmaking range that comes with that combination of speed and length is very impressive but then you mentioned it the coverage shops are there too i think the senior bowl kind of put that in spotlight when he's covering rb wheel routes 40 yards down the field not missing a step really managing his hip leverage really well so i think like you said the physical combination the complete profile is there to maybe fuel a rise it kind of feels like jamin davis a couple cycles ago a guy who come into the offseason didn't have a ton of buzz but after the nfl combine and teams are getting affiliated with him more rose up the board and skyrocketed so trevin wallace jr colson mm-hmm. a few of those guys to watch in the lb class real quick aj we got 20 seconds a couple more late round guys that you like uh muma and jung meta wisconsin yes sir. yes sir is so fun um just a just a freaky ball of energy and then uh easton gibbs linebacker out of wyoming like i i, I loved his film he does everything well he showed it at the shrine bowl I, I, I hope he just meets like the minimum testing at the combine, but I love the both both of those guys I think are day three sleepers in this class. Nice. And then I'll add a couple more. Aaron Casey from Indiana. I think he had like twenty two tackles for loss. Love his ability to work downhill. And then Darius Muazal from UCLA. I think versatile, really hard charging, explosive. Um, I think he'll be a good yeah. late round get. But that's all we got. We're out of time uh, for the RB and LB preview. We'll be back with more combine content next week. Um, we'll be at the combine in a couple of weeks to give you more content there. But uh, in the meantime. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll have another episode of the the, uh, PFN Scouting Podcast coming up. That's all. Appreciate you all. See you next time.